Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and today we're doing something a little special. Once again, I, I've decided to ignore the Wheel of Spooks. I have our quarantine correspondent, Josh Wessler, here today. Josh, how you doing? Uh, you know, you know I'm doing good. I'll, I'll just get that out of the way. I'm, do- I'm doing good. It's been a while, though. Not, not necessarily for me being on the podcast, but for me being on this quarantine yep. special edition of the podcast. Yep, it, it's been two years almost since we've done a quarantine special. It's been since we've been in a, a different apartment, yep. even. Yeah, because last time... So the whole quarantine specials came about when um, COVID was happening. I, it was very limited on who I could podcast with. It was pretty much people who I could get on uh, Zoom and my roommate, Josh. Hello! Josh and I are no longer roommates. Oh, have been sad for day. over a year now. Yeah. So, and we haven't been in quarantine since. So, originally, we those of you remember, we did the Rex series along with the two quarantine movies. And then we moved on to the Cabin Fever series, which there's four of. We did the first one. And then since then, we haven't needed to do a quarantine special. And then Josh and I weren't living together anymore, so we couldn't anyway. So, Josh does not live in the same city as me anymore. He's in town for a week. So, I figured this is the perfect time to just... Get back to the Cabin Fever series, our favorite series, and just do another edition of that since he is here for such an extended period of time. So we're doing just a little special edition of the, the quarantine episodes. So we're talking about 2009's Cabin Fever 2 Spring Fever. The water coming out of here is bad news. Directed by Ty West, who we've talked about quite a bit frequently on the podcast. He directed X and Pearl this year. He recently did one of the episodes, the most recent episode of the Scream TV series that we covered. He directed that, which is also the best episode of the Scream TV series. But he also did Cabin Fever 2, a movie he has disowned and tried to get his name removed from the credits because of studio and producer interference with the film. So he does not like the film, and I think I can say neither do we. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm not going to blame him. Not going to blame him for wanting to be disowned from this this film and have all connection and ties separated from any sort of credits related to this film i'm i'm confused i'm not gonna say i was a fan of the first movie because i wasn't i looked back because i couldn't really remember but i looked back and i gave the first cabin fever movie a five out of ten looking back i even feel like that was a little bit generous of me I would maybe bump that down to maybe a four out of ten, but you know, I, I'm gonna stick stick true to what I was feeling at the time of watching that movie. Fuck. <laughs> I, I I I don't even know how to classify this film because it wasn't it wasn't like your classic bad horror movie. It wasn't you know you and me recently watched Ginger Dead Man. Yes, we have watched things like Tusk mm-hmm. before. You know, there, there's so we've we've watched Leprechaun in Space yes. before. Those are different. This I this felt so just equal parts boring, equal parts disjointed, equal parts. Hey, we have a couple ideas that we can string together into a movie, and then you know nothing really connects, and it's just he, here it is. <laughs> have fun. Except you're not going to have fun. Yep. You're just going to sit and watch the movie. 
That is how I felt about this. I very rarely do this Ooh. on this podcast, but I'm giving this movie a 1 out of 10. A 1 out of 10. Wow. That is reserved for movies like Leprechaun in Space. This is better or worse than Leprechaun in Space. I would... Mm, yeah. Mm, I, I would rather watch this than, than okay. Leprechaun in Space. I... Mm, Leprechaun in Space holds a special place in, hell. in not in my heart, but in hell. <laughs> uh, so I cannot, I cannot put this as far down as Leprechaun in Space. I'm sorry. But th- this is in a very select few movies that I'm going to put at a 1 out of 10. Wow. I won't go as low as you. I checked my old review from when I watched this a few years ago. I had given it a 3, which is the same score I'd given the original. I'm going to change it to a 2. That's a damn shame that it was this, that you originally, at least, put yep. it at the same as the original. I'm not saying that the original is a good movie, once again, but... It is better. It's not close, yep. in my opinion. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop this to a 2 out of 10. Great gore. When it does show up, it's great. Sure. There's two animated sequences that I really like. And I think the main actor does a good job, all things considered. His character sucks, but I think the, the actor himself does a good job. Uh, I can't remember his name. I'll look it up in a second. Um, okay. Um, Noah Segan. I think he does a good job. So those are the good things I'll say about the movie. This movie sucks. This is an awful movie. And I don't think Ty West would argue that. They're, they, yeah, it's it's weird. and almost Almost all my complaints about this movie have to do with the... The production side of it. Yeah. The... It's a mess. The writing, the editing, whatever. I, I'm... As people probably know, I'm not, you know, your your film study, break it down, analyze it type of person. Right. So I'm not going to be able to tell you exactly why I don't like this film or what could be improved about it. I'm, uh, I'm just gonna, I can. I'm just going to say, yeah, I'll leave, that, I'll leave that to Ryan and anyone else who wants to chime in. Uh, outside of this podcast but you know from my point of view it's not like the actors did a terrible job it's not like you know the gore was bad or anything like that i think it was completely on the production and writing side of things yep there's i'm reading on the wikipedia page right now there's extensive re-editing which is crazy because there are things that are out of order in this edit which I'll get to. There are things that are not in order. There's reshooting by the producer producers, which apparently didn't have the director involved. So they reshot some stuff without him. So, yeah, it, this is a mess. This that, would, is a mess. that would make more sense, actually. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. This is an absolute mess of the movie. We do not recommend it in any way, shape, or form. No, no absolutely not. Do not watch this movie. Yeah, we, that's what we said. About, I think that we said that about the first movie, and it's more so here. Now, as far as I remember, don't worry. It will get worse. Cabin Fever 4 exists. Uh, but I have been teased about Kevin Fever 3, Kevin apparently. Fever 3 is the best one. I, do, I don't know what, uh, and I don't really want to be spoiled uh, about what, you know, I might rate Kevin Fever 3 about, but I didn't even know there were four of these movies. Um, but you know, Classic here, Josh. Here we are. Um, I didn't request these. Ryan forced me into them because quarantine. Yep. Uh, so. the, 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 the worst thing about COVID-19 was that Josh had to watch <laughs> the Kevin Fever movies. <laughs> no one suffered as much as me. <laughs> Um, but another fun aspect of this, which is completely coincidental, and I'd forgotten about this completely, is this is a prom movie. So it is. We have our prom correspondent, Josh Wessler. Guys, uh, here we are. Everything is all right. And oh my god, the the best part of this movie is the prom night. Literally, reference. the best part of this movie is that we get prom night. Everything is all right. 
It shows up here. They literally played the song from Prom Night, the one that we can't let go of, the amazing beat. So this is really our super, super senior prom at this point. This is their six. Yeah, what is this, a Prom Night 6 movie? Yeah. Like, I know, Ryan, you wanted to write Prom Night 666, but I think it already happened. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll do uh, Prom Night 777. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, well, without any further ado, and, and not a recommendation from us, uh, the whole point of this podcast is we are trying to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies, no matter how terrible they are. Because a lot of the times, if you're going to end up in a horror movie, it might not be a good one, uh, like Cabin Fever 2. So we're going to be going through the plot of this movie beat by beat, decision by decision, to see if we need to add any new rules to our current list of 61 rules, I believe we're at. Yep. Um, you can check that out on our Twitter account, at HowToHorror. That's how the number two horror. Josh. Are you ready to get in the Cabin Fever 2? As ready as I'll ever Your favorite be. movie of all time? Yep. Put that in your Twitter bio. Best movie of all time is Cabin Fever 2. Nope. Nope. I'll, I'll put it in my letterbox as ranking as it should be. <laughs> Good. And yes, you can check out our Letterboxd account, the How to Survive a Horror Movie Letterboxd account, where we will officially put this movie into both the all-time list of movies we've covered on the podcast and the list of movies Josh has covered on the podcast. We'll rank them. Um, we'll Record see if, lows here. <laughs> we'll see if I put this one in the last place. I don't remember all the movies you covered, so I can't promise that. And yes, I have rated Leprechaun in Space too, so this won't be... Well, it'll be tied for dead last because you can only yep. go as low as half a star, and this will tie it. <laughs> I mean, you can put zero stars on there. It's possible. Okay, I, I, I don't think I've ever given something to zero. I've only done it like four times ever, and I've seen a lot <laughs> of movies. This one, I will say, is worse than Leprechaun in Space for me. I like Leprechaun wow. in Space more. Like, just... Like, I don't mind Leprechaun in Space. I've always disagreed with you on that, though, so I can live with that. I'm kind of the outlier on Leprechaun in Space. I don't like Leprechaun in Space. I just don't think it's as bad as a lot of people say. All right, you ready to jump into this thing? (laughs) Let's do it. All right, so the movie begins with our main protagonist from the first movie, Paul, who's a huge douche rapey dude, played by Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World. They got him back for a minute of screen time, and you can't even tell it's him because his face is all disfigured because he's infected. He has no dialogue, yet they got the actor back. That's kind of cool. It's cool, but what what was the point of this? I thought it was funny. This is one of the highlights of the movie. It's a it's a highlight of the movie, but I was actually excited. I, I, I know we've already said it multiple times already, but like the first movie wasn't a good movie in general, but I was genuinely intrigued to see what they were gonna do with you know the continuation from the first movie to the second movie. Cause if we remember the ending of the first movie, they were at kind of this like uh, this this gas station or convenience store, and there was this water truck that ended up you know going into town that everyone kind of knew was infected, and I was really intrigued to see what was going to end up happening with that, and and we basically get that in this movie, but we get teased about whatever his name was, whatever the Paul. character Paul. His, his, you know, he's kind of half dead in the water. And I thought he was just going to emerge here and wander into town and kind of be part of this movie. But we we literally get nothing with that. He's a joke. It is a jo- it's a punchline. Exactly. And, and uh, if Ryan didn't mention, this is in 2009, which is seven yep. years later. So it's almost like they turned this into, you know, being like a continuation to being almost... It's not a comedy by any means, but you know you're you're almost completely disregarding some of the stuff that's happened in the first movie. Which I don't mind because I hate the first movie, but you know, <laughs> what we get instead is worse. I, I would like it more if they made a better second movie. Yeah. So Paul wakes up in the creek. He's infected. He's like he's dying. Um. So he stumbles out to the road, and 
I don't know if he doesn't look both ways for crossing the street. Doesn't end up really mattering because it's not like a sudden thing that happens. But like we'll just mention it. Rule 16 is look both ways for crossing the street. He goes out in the traffic and there's a bus coming right at him. And apparently the bus driver is distracted by a bunch of loud kids on the bus. So he's not keeping his eyes on the road, which is rule number 37. Keep your eyes on the road. He just straight up destroys Paul and runs him over the bus. Just splatter kill. And freeze frame main titles. Yes. Great. First of all, great. Highlight of the movie. <laughs> One of the only good things. I love a good freeze frame yep, every now and again. That's that's excellent. So Paul is dead. He was dying already. Whatever. He was dead. He was toast. Now, I believe we gave him Night of the Living Pleb in the first movie. Yep. Yes, we did. We Paul. gave it to Paul. So I don't think he's going to get it for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't look both ways before crossing the street, but he also probably couldn't see at this point because he was so infected. He was stumbling, stumbling out of the woods, made it into the into the road and was trying to flag down someone who would have thought that this bus would have just, you know, kept plowing forward and just destroyed him. And we're going to find out this this disease has no cure. The only way to survive it is if you cut off the infected limb before it spreads. This he had no chance. He was dead. Yep. And he just sped up the process. And we didn't we didn't know this in the last movie yep. either. Um so, so we do get the information later, much, yep. much, 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 much later in this this movie that this is incurable. Yep. So what with what we know, yeah, he was dead anyway. He just sped up the process. It's fine. Deputy Winston is back, my favorite character, the annoying cop who is obsessed with partying in the first movie. He is back to have his own like side plot in this movie. God, I hate this guy. For what reason? Literally, why? I think the the producers of the movie just really like this guy for some reason. Again, why? Yep, I don't know. But he knows what's going on, and he just tells the bus driver, like, oh, yeah, it was just a moose. You're good. They're still covering up what happened in the first movie. So, like, I get what he was going for. Bus driver, go on with your life. They're just trying to cover up this weird event of infected teenagers. Okay, fine. And he sees that shipment of water truck go by that we saw in the first movie, and we're going to get this animated segment which is actually pretty cool. It's really well done. Um, just showing the spread of the infected blood and water throughout everywhere. And this truck is going to go to the high school, the local high school, which is the main setting of this movie. And it's just going to start infecting teenagers left and right in the second half of the movie. We're going to spend the next 45 minutes with some shitty teen drama. What the f- what the, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it, you described this as super bad, and I said this is a super bad version of super bad. Yeah, I kind of need to lay this out for people. When Ryan says the next forty five minutes, like that's not an exaggeration. It it literally is the next forty five minutes of this movie. There's no horror movie here. Nope. It 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 is. They try to put comedy in here they try to put teen drama in here and it really feels like super bad you have this you know one maybe not super scrawny guy but kind of like dorky a little bit type of dude you have one not not like jonah hill body type but you know slightly heavier set guy who is also a comedic effect and it really felt like jonah hill and what uh michael sarah michael sarah thank you it, it really felt like the two of them just conversing on the set of super bad and they it, it, this is around the same time as super bad came out you know 2009 i don't remember when super bad i think he came out in 2008 2007 so this is a clearly a rip off of super bad clearly i i'm just going to assume that the personalities were just mirrored completely from them it really felt like that except especially like in some of the classroom settings yeah so, and, and that's basically what we get for the first half of this movie. 
a bunch of deleted scenes and outtakes from super bad that were cut for a reason. Yeah. I mean, I mean, some of it was like chuckle. Like yeah, there's a couple like, of chuckles. Like, huh, that, that's kind of funny, but n- nothing like that is gut laughing. Like you get in super no. bad. You know, I've only seen that movie once. Ah, oh, dude, it's such a good movie. It is a really good movie. It, just... it, and it holds up really well. Like I loved it in middle school and high school and it, it does hold up. I didn't watch till I got to college. Ooh, yep. wow, really? Yep. Wow, okay. All right, so we meet our super bad guys. Uh, we have our main protagonist, a guy named John. Like, he's supposed to be kind of a loser. I don't really get that vibe. They kind of feel like the guy's too good looking to be a loser. Yeah, he he doesn't look like someone like Michael Sarah. Yeah, he's he's uh, going to medical school. He's going to be a doctor. They're seniors in high school. He's just kind of standard protagonist. I don't, there's not much else to him. He almost reminds me of the guy who went to, who's going to metal school in prom night. Um, prom night three. Jesus. You remember that better than me. Uh, the dude who fell asleep with the American flag. Oh yeah. That guy. (laughs) That guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) He reminds me of that guy. (laughs) Classic. I think, well, I can't even remember his name. It was like Tim or something. Who cares? Um, but he is played by Noah Segan. He's done a few stuff, a few movies with Ryan Johnson. Actually, I really like his performance this week. I think he does a really good job with nothing to work with. Nothing. Um, and his buddy is Alex, who's the Jonah Hill character, just kind of a schlubby loser. Yep. Yep. That That is literally it. Yep. So it is the day of prom or like the day before prom. It, it they, they say both. They say both. No idea. Well, I think it's the day of prom. I think it is that, which, whatever. John has a crush on a girl named Cassie, the classic crush. Cassie has just broken up with her boyfriend, a guy named Mark. Mark is the biggest douchebag asshole ever. Yep. And so he, but John has this crush on Cassie and John and Mark end up getting in a fight and, and John has to go to the principal's office for some dumb reason. The principal, Principal Sinclair, he's played by Michael Bowen, who's been in a bunch of Quentin Tarantino movies. He was, I think, Buck in the Kill Bill movies. Oh. Uh, yep. Okay. I know him from Lost, mostly. He is a minor antagonist on Lost. So he's great in that. And then he's also in Breaking Bad. Have you seen Breaking Bad? Uh, <laughs> only the first, like, two and a half seasons. Okay. Which I know, they, they're like, not great, like, I should keep watching, but for some reason I just stopped and never went back, and I, I, I'm meaning to finish it up. Anybody who's seen Breaking Bad, he, he played uh, Jack Welker, who was the leader of the neo-Nazi gang in Breaking Bad and later Breaking Bad. Yeah, you I, I don't know what that means. I, so. I, you haven't gotten there yet, but everyone else will know what that means. Cool. Important character in Breaking Bad, so Michael Bowen, an actor I really like, he gets nothing to do here. He is a principal. I think he's gay. And I didn't even realize he was the principal until someone mentioned, like, something, something principal guy there. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Sure. So Alex, he finds this girl named Liz crying in a classroom, just gone through a breakup. So he comforts her and, like, listens to her. And she ends up giving him a blowjob in the bathroom. And this is how he gets infected with the disease, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, we get a nice zoom up of her, her mouth. And not only does she have braces, which... You know, I'll let you use your own imagination mm-hmm. there. But they also uh, zoom in on like a sore that she has on her mouth. You know, it could be something like, yeah, herpes or something or something else. Yep. So Alex is going to get infected here. That's not going to come in for another 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, they tease that the, the long tease yep. here. Alex asks Liz to prom and Liz is like, eh, maybe if I can get out of work, I'll be there. <laughs> she works as a stripper. We're going to find out what the fuck. Yeah, uh, this was a revenge blowjob for her. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, this, she's just going to leave the movie until like the very end. <laughs> yeah. We are also introduced to two 
these two are like the losers. We have Daryl and Dane. When they are they are the, the school losers, their plan is to skip prom and they're gonna go watch a Bride of the Cannibal Queen or some shitty horror movie instead of going to prom. They invite John and Alex to go over instead. Honestly, that sounds more fun than prom. I, I liked prom. I had a good time at prom. I'd rather watch shitty horror movies. That's way more fun for me. As someone who went to a total of like four proms. Yeah. Yeah. Prom and, blows. You know, I enjoyed my first like two. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, if someone's like, hey, you want to go to a dance or do you want to watch a shitty horror movie? I'd pick the shitty horror movie every time. Yeah. That dance has got very little uh, entertainment. Yeah. John's going to end up asking Cassie to prom. She turns him down. So he's going to go home and he's not going to go to prom. Cool. Yeah, just go watch the horror movie, dude. You'll be so much better off. <laughs> you'll be safer. You don't know it, but you'll be safer. Deputy Winston's at a diner and this guy next to him who is an employee at the water company collapses and is revealed. He's infected and he dies gruesomely. So Deputy Winston realizes, oh, the, the infection is not over. I was an idiot and dumped Paul's body in the creek, which infected the water supply. So this is not over. We're in a sequel now. Oh, shit. So Deputy Winston knows he's in a horror movie. So can we, theoretically, can we grade Winston on his actions from the previous no, movie? It, because it does, it carries over. It here. carries over. The, the consequences from his actions in the first movie do very seriously carry over into this movie. He causes this movie. Yes. Yeah, he directly causes this movie. But that was an action taken in the first movie. Here's the fallout. We are judging everything that happened from Paul waking up in the creek. Okay. What does Winston do now is the question, you know? And gotcha. that, is, that is kind of the spirit of this podcast. Is like, okay, you made a mistake. A horrible, horrible mistake and cost a sequel. Now what do you do? Can you come back and win the Randy Meek Smear Yes. Can you survive this movie? Yes. And Winston does survive. Hmm? Again. Um, again. We're never going to see him again. He's not in the third movie. Well, the third movie is a prequel. I, I would say that's sad, but you know what? I'm actually not that sad. Yeah. So th- this is the end of the timeline. The third movie is a prequel, and the fourth one's a remake. Oh, yep. So wow. we're, we're done here. I, I feel like there's a lot still to be yeah, they told about this story. They could have done it, but no, the three is the origin of this virus. Sure. And four is a remake of the original. Okay. Yep. You know, whatever. Sure. So that's that's what we're doing. So Winston, he knows he's in a horror movie. He knows he's in a sequel, specifically. Mm-hmm. This is this is not over. He's basically the only person, too. Yeah. For like the next hour of the movie, he's the only person who knows he's in a horror movie, really. So Alex convinces John to go to prom, and they're just going to go hang out. Alex is going to try and get with this girl, Liz, that he met. Meanwhile, Winston's going to go to the water plant and try and do something. But it's too late for the school. The water is being poured into the punch. There are people who are infected. We're introduced to our prom king character, Rick. And then there's this girl named Frederica. Frederica's the chubby girl. She's the prom organizer. She doesn't seem very popular. And Rick just comes up and starts hitting on her. It turns out he had a bet with his buddies that he could easily get with her okay i missed that part i'm like it was uh, real quick okay yeah completely missed that i'm like oh okay maybe he's actually into this person but you know that would have been a really nice refreshing change like maybe he just he likes her you know given the fact that this you know the first between the first and the second movie it's been very rapey up until this point you know having a little bit of like genuine connection and interest would have been a little bit nice but no you they're gonna go to the pool to go skinny dipping then we get a, just a bullshit scene of the custodian, who's also infected, just pissing in the punch bowl. It was already infected. <laughs> this literally didn't matter. Nope. It's just insult to injury, basically. It's double, triple infected. And and you see, like, he's pissing in it, and then, like, he starts pissing blood, and it's like, oh, shit. And the dude walks away and just leaves the punch bowl there. Like, I, I, I'm not going to say that 
pissing in a punch bowl is okay. No. But it, it, it is somehow, somehow worse when it ends up being that you're pissing blood. Like, at that point, you're, like, being, like, an ultra menace, yep. like a mega menace. Yep. Like, like there, there is something wrong with you, and people are going to drink this. Like, yes, people shouldn't be drinking your piss. Yep. Like, obviously. But... People, bloody piss. Bloody piss. That's that is an entirely different level of menace here. Rule four: Don't be a menace. And yet, it's completely irrelevant because it was already infected. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't matter at all. Why are we showing this? <laughs> so Rick and Frederica, they're gonna have sex in the pool, and it becomes quickly apparent that Frederica is infected. Her um her tooth falls out. Mm. Rick freaks out and gets out of the pool. Okay, you know what? Fair. There's blood everywhere. Yeah. Uh, rule 11 get out get out she disappears under the water and he's gonna try and get like one of those pool nets like the skimmers to try and help her so when you are helping a drowning person you have to be really careful because they're panicking and they will drown you too so that's why they say don't jump in to help somebody unless you have like a life preserver with you because they will drown you it's just pure panic so you know really don't be a good samaritan is kind of the thing and rule 30 unless you have a way to protect yourself in this case so he does not get into the pool, but she grabs the skimmer and pulls him in. And as he falls, he hits his head on the side of the pool deck and he's going to drown because of this. Yeah, he, he did everything right here. I'm not going to say that he's a good person. No. Like, like he's bailing on this girl because she had a bloody tooth and he throws insults at her as yep. he's leaving the pool. And it's basically like, oh my God, you're disgusting yep. because you got a tooth knocked out. You know, something along those lines. So... This dude's kind of a douche. Yep, absolutely. But in terms of rescuing her from the pool, he did everything right. Yep. But once the, they start pulling on the thing, you gotta you gotta have like a good grip. But like you can't get, let yourself get pulled in as well. So I, it's a tough situation. I think if he had not hit his head, he could have gotten out and been fine. Probably. Uh, it's not like she was gonna drown him necessarily. And unfortunate bad luck. Mm-hmm. But so Rick and Frederica are both dead. Alex and John get to prom. Meanwhile, Winston, he goes to the, the water plant, and we meet another uh, employee, a, guy, a real creep, a guy named Toby, who might be a pedophile. Who knows? So he looks through the shipment, and he figures out that truck went to the high school. So that's where the infection probably is. He chills and decides to have a beer with Toby for a second. Rule 56, sort out your priorities. She needs to sort out her priorities. He, he just wants to party, man. <laughs> you guys want to party? God, he's the worst. And this is the, like, I mean, at least he's consistent. Yes. Like, from the first movie to the second movie, like, tonally, so much seemed to change from the first movie to the second movie. Winston is the exact same fucking character in yep, both movies. the only consistency. A lot of gore. Winston is the same. That's it. So he sees a, like, group of military vehicles show up. And uh, they're they called in this movie the CCD, the Contamination Control Division. CCD. So he sees all these guys rolling up, and he tells Toby, like, hey, go talk to them and tell them, like, all the water is contaminated here. I can't do it because jurisdictional bullshit. Uh, I'm going to go. You're going to be a hero. You tell them what's going on. Winston gets the fuck out of there, and then the CCD just shoots and kills Toby before he could say anything. So clearly these guys are coming in to, like, clean this up and cover everything up and kill anyone who might possibly be related to this. Winston is so unfazed by this, he just runs off. He just, like, somehow knew they were here to just clean up the scene and kill people. So he just gets the fuck out of there and leaves Toby. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a sneaky 
good play by oh, Winston. Very sneaky good play. You know, if we want to give him credit for this, then great. I don't know if it was, you know, if he had the foresight to see this coming, but I feel like we have to give him credit for yeah. it. Because he's... He, He's so unfazed by it. It's like, how did he know this was going to happen? He, he's just like, oh, yeah, yep, exactly what I thought. Sorry, dude, but bye. Know, bye. <laughs> so Winston knows he's in a horror movie. And he also knows, besides the infection, there are government agents who will fucking kill everyone to cover this stuff. So he's like, I got to get out of here. I mean, we've seen this before. Yep. Uh, just the wreck mass- movies. Yeah, <laughs> the, the wreck movies. The, the quarantine <laughs> movies. <laughs> It's very on brand for, you know, this this style of podcast that we've yeah, done. Yeah, these specials. So this is where we get prom night. Everything is all right. All right. Cassie shows up at prom, but she's back together with her shitty boyfriend, Mark. And this leads to another fight between John and Mark. And the principal just tosses John out of the prom. Why didn't you toss Mark out, too? <laughs> they both suck. No one wants either of these people here. But Cassie's going to go after John because she saw Mark. Which she she kind of ends things with Mark and goes off with John. Yeah, she sees that he's just a complete douchebag. Yeah. So John gives Cassie this big nice guy speech, like, "Why are you with that loser when you could be with me? I've loved you forever." And drops a couple of R words, like, "Are you R word because everyone else can see I'm in love with you? Why are you with that asshole?" And somehow this kind of works. Yeah, the know. the classic tear them down in order to you know bring them to your level type of thing. Yeah, no, John, y- you suck. Yeah, like, uh, like, yeah, you don't suck as much as the other yeah. douchebag, but you know you're you're bringing yourself down yeah. a- as far as you can here. Yeah, yeah, you could have just said like, why are you with that asshole? Yeah, like he literally assaulted me twice. Why are you with that fucker? I thought we were friends. <laughs> like, you don't need to explain it. Like, it's very obvious that he sucks. Yeah. You, you don't need to <laughs> go that low. Yeah, you don't need to call her the R word, basically. That's not great. Very Cabin Fever 1. <laughs> yeah, uh, on brand. So, John's about to leave. Oh, no, here comes the CCD. And they're like, you need to get back inside. John's like, no. And then they pull out a gun. And he's like, okay, I'll go back. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> Rule one, you guys are in a horror movie. I mean, uh, good to recognize that, I guess. Yep. Like, as we've seen, like, even if you just, like, try to talk to these people, like, they are not going to hesitate to just clean it up. Yeah, and it, they know what this is, disease is at this point. So they know they can't fuck around with it. Yep. Ever, you know, there's no cure. Yeah. The- if, if someone is infected, honestly, shooting them might be better because you might be putting them out of their misery. Yeah. You know, write them all off. I get it. We we've given, uh, what was it like? Uh, it was wreck two, I think. We gave it to the people who star- stormed in, didn't we? Well, in wreck four, we gave it to the mysterious organization that just put everybody yeah. out on a boat. So yeah, no, that's exactly the right move. So they start locking up all the doors, and then we're gonna cut to the end of the movie, and they didn't get every door. Like John and Cass are gonna be able to just run out the door, like no no problem. This is, it doesn't seem like that big a school. Just lock every door. Yeah, it seems like they put, like, all of their forces towards, like, these, like, two or three doors. And it's like, yeah, you guys aren't coming out this way. It's like, uh, true. But there's another way. But, you know, like, this, this building has multiple sides to it. And it's not like John and Cassie were fast getting out of here. We're going to spend the second half of the movie. Yeah, it's like a half hour. Yeah, so I, it's just, like, they, they don't do their damn job. They don't finish it. So, rule three, do your damn job. And then I'm going to go so far as to say, rule number 29, no half measures. No more half measures, Walter. Mm. You did half the building. And maybe you did 90% of the building. You didn't get all of it. Yep. As long as there's one door left open. 
Yeah, and if if you want to leave one door open as like your exit, there's one way in and out of this building for you guys. Sure, fine, but you got to guard it. Yeah, uh, if it opens and you see students running out who are clearly infected, yeah, shoot them down. Like it's it's very obvious that you can post some people up there to just gun people yeah, down. Easy, so be it. But they don't. They just have this back door that they yeah. in the theater that they leave. You know, I would have like liked it more if John and Cassie are going to escape by doing something clever, but they just literally run out the door. No. It's almost like this movie's not very good. <gasps> what? <laughs> Ryan, no. So John and Cassie, they go back inside. They they find the bodies in the pool. They're like, oh, this is even worse. So they go into the prom itself. Cassie's going to go get Alex. John is going to go tell the principal what is happening. See if he can do something. And then John's plan's like, I'm going to get the fuck out of here as soon as I tell the principal. Great plan. That's, that's what you do. Yeah. If you're inside, get out before you get infected, basically, mm-hmm. and hope you're not already. So they show the principal. The principal's going to go over to the door and be like, hey, what's going on? And they just shoot him. They, they don't even like, give him a warning. They're just like, nope. Yeah, that that was kind of, that was dumb. Yeah, I guess they have no intention of explaining anything to anyone. They're just here to wipe everybody out. Like, you already have locked the doors. Like, they can't get out through this this exit. Like, what was the point in shooting here? I don't really know. I got nothing for the principal. It's, it's weird because... Like like we said, they're not taking any half measures when it comes to shooting people, mm-hmm. and yet they're still leaving doors yep. unguarded. Inconsistencies everywhere. Oh, yeah. The, are you seeing this movie's inconsistent? <gasps> what? No. So a girl in prom starts puking up blood, which triggers everyone else. Blood everywhere. People start fleeing the prom. Great. For whatever reason, they cannot get out the main door of the gym, which we just saw the principal exit. Why the hell can't they get out? It doesn't make any sense. The next scene, the custodian stumbles out into, like, the main area where John, Alex, and Cassiel are. And he knocks over this giant rock arch that they entered the prom through, this big prop. It falls over and blocks the doors. This is edited out of order. The scenes are in the wrong order. All you have to do is flip those scenes and everything makes sense. Oh, I didn't even... Honestly, I didn't even catch that part of it. Like, I I remember seeing the entrance being blocked. Yep. But I did not catch the fact that they weren't able to get out before that. So, I am going to fix this movie for them and say that we were accidentally shown scenes in the wrong order. And this arch blocked it. That's why they couldn't get out. Fair enough. That makes infinitely more sense maybe i am thinking that this is too easy of a job but is it really that hard to notice those type of things when you know as a as a casual view viewer i will admit i did not catch it but you know as someone who that's your job to do the editing for this and you know almost the quality control for this film how how do you not catch something like that i have no idea that's literally your job as an editor I am an editor. I edit literally every day of my life. Not just audio. I do video stuff too. You know, I, I do a lot of news editing, like editing in like news. And that's a little different because you have to be quick. You know, you have to put stuff out. I, I don't think there was a huge rush to get this movie out the door. Probably not. I mean, it's it's seven years after the first one. And this is such an easy fix. You pick this scene up and you move it. <laughs> Copy. Paste. Literally. Literally. <laughs> I could have fixed this in a minute. Not, not even. Uh, it, this is insanity. And, uh, yeah, this is edited by Janice Hampton. Oh, Janice, come on. No Wikipedia page for her. So. Uh, that's probably a good thing. I uh, don't know what other work she's done. Probably nothing. <laughs> yeah, this is this is not good. This, this is bad. It's real bad. <laughs> so everyone else is pretty much trapped inside the gym. I guess a couple of people had made it out earlier. We'll, we'll run into a couple of other students at some points. But then they start throwing, like, just smoke grenades in there, and basically they just let everyone die of this infection. 
Yep. They're just like, all right, well, sorry, but bye. Yeah, we're just going to cause some chaos in here and leave you all in there to die. And they all do. I got nothing. Like, they no. had no idea. No, they, they drank punch at prom. And died. I drank punch at my prom. Mm-hmm. I didn't die. They had covered up the events of the first movie. Nobody really knew. That's what no. happens when you cover shit up. There's literally nothing here. So the three, uh, our three remaining teenagers, Alex, John, and Cassie, they're going to go in the bathroom and just check and see if they're infected. John and Cassie are fine. Alex is not. It is gross. We see some dong that is Yep, oozing. very graphic. Oozing. It's very gross. Brief moment, Cassie finds a girl who is pregnant. She is melting, basically. And it starts, like, coming for Cassie. Don't let these people touch you. Cassie's going to grab a lacrosse stick. And I was really hoping she'd hit this recently no longer pregnant woman in the head with a lacrosse stick. <laughs> I was really hoping for that. Rule 5, lock and load. doesn't happen. And then the next scene, the lacrosse stick is gone. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe hang on to that one. Firmly grasp it. Yep. Rule 7, don't leave one behind. Like, you're seeing everyone collapse, so, like, you're probably going to be fine. But you don't know if this is going to turn into, like, a zombie movie. Yep. Like, it's an infection movie right now, but... Maybe these people collapse and then they all rise mm-hmm. and then they all come after you. You don't know. One thing to note here, rule 40, keep your distance at this point. Stay away from everyone who's infected. That might be rule number one. Yeah. In right this now. movie. And then we went over this so often in Cabin Fever 1 because <sighs> people kept breaking this fucking rule. And they're going to keep doing it here, not to the same extent, but they do. Mm. It's It's bad. So Alex's plan, since he's infected, he wants to go start reading medical books, figure out what this is. And find a way to cure it. Bro, you are in a high school library. Like, that's your plan? I mean, I don't think he knows this, but I guess the the doors are locked. Yeah. There's infected people all around him. They're not doing so hot. Yep. So, you know, if you can research this and try to, you know, learn about it a little bit, you know, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Like, it's not the worst plan in the world. It's just like... It's better this than doing a, nothing. This is a long shot. So I guess, you know, never give up. The next thing you try my work. Rule 17. Sure. I guess. Winston calls his cousin Herman to come pick him up. And in the meantime, Winston goes to the police station and removes all of his personnel files. So there's no trace of him. So they won't be able to track him down. We'll see. I don't know how well that would work, but okay. And his plan is just flee town. Get out. Literally the get outest. I, you know, you're kind of a menace in this situation, but good for you. Like you're thinking of yourself here. I gotta say, I like the movie. It might be the best movie in the movie. I gotta say. And it's not the first time he's trying to get out, too. Yep, he's just like, you know what? No, I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I saw this last movie. Rule number three, do your damn job, but don't die in the process. He's done. He's not gonna be a cop. He can't anymore. help those people. No, he, he can't. They're he fucked. Can't. Just get out before it's completely locked down, and they just shoot you all. Yeah. This is where they might just obliterate the town. They they might go, oh, what is it? Uh, Raccoon City on it. Yep. They might just nuke it. So they're, they're going to just leave. So the CCD enters the building at this point. I don't really know why they go inside the building. You can just wait and let them all die. You really could. Yeah. I mean, you got to assume that they already know what's going on. Like, maybe they think that, like, they this could turn into, like, some sort of zombie uprising. Yeah. But, you know, may, maybe just stay on the outside. And if the zombies come out for you, then they sure. Them. They're, they're not going to. This is This is not a zombie movie. No, no. But, you know, we're thinking of the possibilities here. Yeah, yeah. John and Cassie see the CCD enter, and they they hide in a classroom, and their biology teacher's in there in agony because she's, like, melting. So she won't shut up, so they have to hide, and then the CCD comes in, and they just shoot her. Yep. Technically, this is rule number 26, don't give away your position, but, you know, she's dying. She needs help. And it's incurable. Yeah. What can you do? You're screwed. 
Yep, the help is here, but they're not here to help you. They're here to <laughs> just stop. <this. laughs> they're here to end it. It's too late for you. So they head back to the library to find Alex. He has somehow found the disease he has. What kind of high school library is this? Apparently, John likes to read medical books because he wants to go to medical school, so Alex knows where these are. Okay. Sure. I'll let this pass, I guess. So he has found the disease. He's pointed out, He points out it's incurable. The only way to stop it is to cut off the infected part of your body. It's too late for Alex. Yeah. And he's going to die here. And this is where we start to get to the the point in the movie where I really felt like it was whoever was writing or producing or whatever it is was basically like, here's an idea for a part in the movie. Cool. Here's another idea for a part in the movie. Cool. Here's another idea for a part in the movie. And, and they just kind of like put these in here with no like flow no. or connection between them and no depth. Nope. At all. It's it's basically just like, okay, act out this scene of whatever it might be. Go. And that's just what it felt like. It, it is a it, Wikipedia plot summary. Things yeah, happen. Yeah. There's nothing more exactly. to it. Exactly. And that can like work well enough if you have likable characters, which we have nothing. Or good acting, you know? You, know? <laughs> you could have a very basic plot and make it work. They don't. Mark shows up outside the library and he's like, I'm not infected. And they're not going to let him in anyway. They watch him beat a random student to death, get blood covered all over him, clearly infected now. But now they have another problem to worry about is Mark's running around. He's a complete psychopath at this point. Yeah, and this kind of goes a, a little bit to keep your distance. I know you kind of have to defend yourself and, you know, I'm okay beating someone to death. But understand that blood might splatter. And mm-hmm. since you're so close to them, that can cause you to be infected. So what rule trumps the other here? I don't really know. Rule um, four, don't be a menace. I don't even think the guy was attacking him. I think he was just like, ah, help me. <laughs> He's like, no, fuck you. Die, 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 die. He <laughs> his head in. Completely unnecessary. Don't be a menace. John touches Alex. After Alex like, don't touch me. It is a skin disease. Stupid. I saw it happen. Keep your distance. Bad. Yep, I noticed that too. <laughs> John is infected. His hand is infected at this point. He's a dumbass. Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Herman and Winston, they are trying to leave town. They hit a roadblock. Cop is not going to let them leave town. So Herman's like, hey, officer, come over here. Let me talk to you. I got a bribe for you, basically. And then he drops his wallet and then does a wrestling the people's elbow straight to the back of the cop's head and knocks him out. What the hell was this? (laughs) The bribe was working, but I guess, like, you want to keep your money for the next bribe. Sure. Like, I I actually had no words when this this happened during the movie. I'm like, but why? (laughs) So they can keep going now. John and Cassie, they go to the wood shop. And they're going to cut off John's hand. Yeah, can I just say that, like, the cut from him seeing that he's infected to being in the wood shop and making this decision for what he's about to do was maybe the most casual thing I've ever seen at the, at this, like, severity level. You know what? Respect. You know what has to be done. You're going to make a I great guess. doctor if you don't lose your hand here. You know, we're, we're not here to judge the production, writing, editing, whatever it might be. We're here to judge the character's decisions. Yep. And... Based on the character's decisions, like, this is this is cold-blooded. Like, this is you realizing what needs to be done. Yep, that's great. The bad news is Cassie holds his hand while they're cutting it off, the mm. infected hand. So she's going to get infected by this. They cut off John's hand, cauterize it, brutal, and then they immediately kiss. One of you might be infected. You just infected the other one. 
come on. And they specifically show them like pulling away from the kiss and like saliva or something kind of like string in between their mouths. Gross. It, it, very, very gross. But I think that was very intentional to show like, yeah, there's intermingling of fluids here. Keep your distance. If the blood, if the splintering blood didn't do it, the stupid ass kiss did. Yep. Morons. Mark is going to attack them, show up, and he's going to hit Cassie with a hammer, but eventually Cassie grabs a nail gun and just shoots Mark in the head with it and kills him. Excellent. Love yep. it. Good job. So they are going to run out the back door of the school. The CCD is right behind him, chasing him. John is going to sacrifice himself because he can't keep running anymore. He's you know, locked, lost a lot of blood. So he is going to hold off the CCD while Cassie keeps running. And the last time we see John is they're all like pinning him down. I'm guessing they're going to kill him. It's on par with what they did to literally every other student in this school. Uh, maybe he'll show up at the beginning of the third movie and immediately die. Which doesn't end up happening because it ends up being a prequel. Yeah, so last time we see John. Yep. Gotta assume he's dead. Got him. He wasn't going to be able to make it anymore, so, you know, what can he do? Tough spot. You know, he tried his best. He uh, he did what he had to do. He made the hard decision. He didn't take any half measures and cut off his own freaking arm. Yep. Like, props to him. For just doing that and just going for it. If only he could have kept his distance. Yeah. I, I think he'd be a shoe in for Randy Meeks if he if he wasn't so touchy with uh, Alex and then kissy with Cassie. 100%. Yeah. But that is the, the big rule in these movies is keep your distance. Cassie escapes. She flags down a van and it's Herman and Winston. Rule number 13. Don't pick up hitchhikers. This woman is covered in blood. Winston, you know there's an infection, a bloody infection running around. You let this woman in your car and drive off, and we never see them again either. But I think it's safe to assume they're all getting infected now because the last shot is Cassie has infection wounds on her back. Yep. We never see him again, but yeah, keep your distance. Don't let hitchhikers in your car. Yep, and and I don't think the driver really knows what's going on yeah. as much, so not as much blame to him. But, you know, don't pick up hitchhikers in general. Yep. It's bad. You know, they could have diseases. All right. So they're gone. We're going to cut back to Liz. We haven't seen for an hour. Liz is stripping at the club. Yeah. What? I thought they were just going to roll credits as they drove away in this car. And then we randomly just cut to this random strip club scene. For 10 minutes. Like, why? And the whole point is, and this could have been a 30 second scene. Liz is infected. She infects some of her customers. This is like a 10 minute scene. It could have been 10 seconds. And it could have been earlier in the movie, too. Sure. And basically the point is she infects a bunch of customers who then proceed to travel around. A couple guys go to Mexico, just spreads the infection. And we get a whole animated sequence showing the infection spread. And then the final scene in the movie is Daryl and Dane, who we haven't seen for an hour. They're just chilling watching a horror movie at home. <laughs> Respect. They have yeah. no idea what's going on. Yeah. We basically see like the end of the world here. Yeah, the world ends. Basically, yes. And Especially since we don't get another movie after this. Yep. So I think we can just safely assume everyone dies. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they deserve it. Yep. All right. That's the end of Cabin Fever 2. What a piece of shit. Amen. No, no new rules. Just just emphasis on keep your distance. That's the big thing. It was just like Cabin Fever 1. So now here comes the thing I'm not looking forward to. <laughs> the awards. First, you have the Randy Meeks Merit Badge, which goes to the character who did the best job at following the rules. Of course, based off Randy Meeks from screaming, I think Randy would be disappointed in everybody in this movie. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. I don't know where to go. <laughs> What do we do? So no one's perfect. No, 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 no. Obviously. That 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 is an obvious thing. You know, kind of just going through this movie, I ended up writing down two different names about people who did good stuff, who 
obviously also had bad negative points. That was main character John. Mm-hmm. And then shockingly, Deputy Winston mm-hmm. there. Maybe there's just some rogue character or group or something that I didn't catch, but I didn't think so. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, those two would be the guys for sure. John fails to keep his distance. Winston lets a hitchhiker, an infected hitchhiker in the car. Besides that, those two are really good. Mm-hmm. You know, Alex probably did the least wrong. He was already, it was already too late for him by the time he realized what was going on. And I like that he went to try and read medical books to try and figure something out. It's more than I think anyone else who was already infected. Yeah. He tried, tried to something. He was totally screwed. I respect that he never gave up. The next thing he tried might work. It didn't work. But what he did do is he passed on the information to others who completely failed to use it. So he tried to he tried to inform John like, hey, don't touch me. I'm LOL, I'm going to touch you anyway. Skin disease. So I don't think Alex did anything wrong. Okay. He didn't have an opportunity to do much right. But he, you know, he he is rule 17. You know, you just keep there trying. So I think I think Alex really is the rule 17 personified. So in your perception of this award is it given to someone who uh, doesn't violate the rules as much or someone who follows the rules as much because i think you get a lot more of the good side of someone like deputy winston because he got out so many times and he like he is so willing to just say goodbye to everyone and that's great yes he has some negative stuff yeah but you know he has a lot higher highs than someone like alex i generally, I think I like to go for the person who makes the least amount of mistakes. Okay. I think that's where I've generally ended with it. Like, we look at the um, the neighbor in Halloween, the gold standard. One move, nothing else. One great move. You know, with people like John and Winston, they made some great moves, but they hit catastrophic mistakes that are going to get them killed. And get a lot of other people killed, too. Yeah. Alex's mistakes, well, he didn't have any. You know, nothing he did got him killed. His floor is really high. Yeah. that That is notable. So I think I genuinely like to go that way more sure. because I like to, you know, even if, you know, even if you're hopelessly, utterly screwed, the fact that you, you keep following the rules anyway is commendable. Mm-hmm. So I think I want to give it to Alex. You know, I can, I can agree with that. You know, it, it, John and Winston should have won this thing and they just blew it. I'm not going to say I, I feel great about no, it. No, no, God, no. <laughs> Each character sucked. But I think, I think, I think Alex, just because he is rule 17 personified and that's commendable. Yep. Um, and that is... Kind of the spirit of this podcast in general is just keep trying. It might work. Yep. You might end up bleeding to death, missing your penis. So what? You just got to keep trying. Yep. The next and, thing you try might work. And the way that he got infected, he didn't know that there was any infection yep. going on at that time. Like, he was just getting a BJ in a bathroom stall. Yep. Like, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yep. Use protection, people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so I think Alex is the winner of the Randy Smart badge. All right. Let's move on to Night of the Living Club, which goes to the character did the worst job at following the rules. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. Lord help us. We have so many. Boy, howdy. <laughs> um, man, I'm just... I'm do you want to... Do you, would you like to list some off, or...? <sighs> well, I'm, I'm looking at the cast list right now, and the one that is... You know, Mark is a big one, just an absolute menace for no good reason. Didn't keep his distance, started beating that guy, definitely got infected by doing that, and then just started attacking random people. Like, what an asshole. So that's a big one. John and Cassie just didn't keep their distance. 
Um, I don't know. And then a lot of people just didn't have a chance. Yeah, the three the three people that I marked down, I didn't have John in that category just because no. he did enough he did enough good stuff yeah. to pull him out of contention. So the three people that I had was also Mark, I had Cassie, and then I had the CCD. Yeah, um, big, big, big hole in their yeah, plan. I'll give them credit, though, just because they, they were really just gunning, and they're just like, no, you're infected, goodbye. You... Maybe you're not infected, but we're not even going to take the chance. Yep. Goodbye. You know, I think I don't want to give to them. Like, they made one big mistake, just like John, just like Winston. So I think they're those three, John, Winston, and the CCD are all in the same category. Mm-hmm. One huge flaw. I don't want to give it to Cassie because I don't think she did that much wrong. It was kind of the same as John. It was a lot of keep your distance. A lot of keep your distance. I'm landing on Mark just because... He just starts beating people to death and gets himself infected. And then he, he just, you know, he added fuel to the fire where we didn't need it. Yep. He he was focused on, like, murdering John and trying to get Cassie back. Whether, instead of when he should have been focused on getting the fuck out of the school. Sort of your priorities. Sort of your priorities. There's you know, another one. You know, he's a, he's a menace. He's an abusive boyfriend. He's a piece of shit. Let's go to Mark. You know what? Y- you, you convince me. <laughs> yeah. So Mark is the Knight of the Living Pleb. And thank God he is not a living pleb. Rest in peace, or don't. Rest in pieces. <laughs> there you Lots go. Lots of pieces. All right, so that is Cabin Fever 2. Uh, this is a special episode. No wheel spin today. Try and get back. You know, we've done two special episodes in a row. We'll try and get back into, like, uh, see a Scream 2022 here shortly, but again, scheduling. And then I was sick for a little bit here. So, uh, yeah, just scheduling's been a little wacky as of late. So next up would be the next time... We do one of these. I don't know when that'll be. But yeah, it's uh, Cabin Fever 3. Um, What is the name of that one? All right. The third one is Cabin Fever Patient Zero. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, For for a disease prequel, yeah. (laughs) 2014. All takes place on an island. Oh. Yeah, it's like a tropical setting, which is kind of cool, which I I like. I like islands. And then, interestingly, have you seen Little Lord of the Rings movies? I don't know if you ever watched those. Uh, the, The original. I have not watched The Hobbits. Samwise the Brave, Sam, uh, Sean Astin, the Goonie himself, Mikey from the Goonies, is in this movie. All right. Uh, you know, Bob Newby from Stranger Things. Bob. He's not the protagonist, but he is a, he is a character in this I movie. I love me some Bob. <laughs> uh, I have no idea how the hell they got him to be in this, but he is he is in it. That's uh, a, that's a, that is a great tease for anyone who has not seen it to go to go watch it. It's not a great movie by any means. Oh, never mind. Let me, um, let me, let me pull up what I gave it originally. So I, I, I gave it a 5 out of 10. It's, it's pretty meh overall. Okay. It's just better than the rest of them. Yeah. You know, I, I, think, I think the, the protagonist is at least likable in, in Cabin Fever 3, Patient Zero. So that will be at some point, sometime, who knows, when another quarantine special, whenever we feel like it. Maybe when we move back in together yeah, and quarantine happens go. again. Yeah. Or when one of us is in quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we can always zoom it. Yeah, there we go. We always could do that. Uh, Josh, thanks for doing this. Oh, you know, thanks for having me, You're man. You're welcome, man. Now it's time to go party, man. Yeah, let's go party, man. Uh, you want to plug anything? Sure, if you really feel like it, you can follow me on Twitter and technically on Letterboxd at jwessler, J-W-E-H-S-E-L-E-R. I will be tossing this right in there, uh, my Letterboxd profile. Definitely at the top. Spoiler alert, it's going to be low. Mm. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at HowToHorror. Follow us on Letterboxd. Uh, all the usual stuff. All right, Josh, thanks again. This is fun. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know what? The movie sucked, but this is a fun podcast. As always but for us. Yeah. like it, We find a way to make we, it good. We find a way. All right, this has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast. Stay safe out there.